0: Very good. That's how you sing. All right, that's how you do it. Now it came on. Did it just come on? Is this on? See? Just in case. Okay. Thank you. That's how you sing, okay? And that's how you praise God, and that's the kind of singing that God makes God happy, okay? Because when you're excited about something, you sing about it, all right? If I win the lottery today, I don't send a little email say, hey, I won the lottery today. I go out in the street, I sing, I dance, I skip, I jump, because I'm excited. And we, as children of God, should be the most excited people in the whole wide world because of all that God has given to us. And that's a perfect segue into what we're talking about here in this series because we are doing a series called Blessed. Let me just see by a show of hands right here. Raise your hand if you would say that you feel that God has blessed your life. All right, very good. Everyone's hand is up. Very good. All right. Now, there's no shame in saying it, but let's be honest. Raise your hand if you would also say that, you know, I would like some more blessing in my life. That you, yeah, very good. Okay, some people raised more hands. Okay, very good. There's no, there's no shame in that. Okay, we all, there's nothing wrong with saying, I want God to bless my life. And actually, the premise of this series is we're going to answer that question. All right, how is it that God is going to bless my life? Because you and I, if there's one prayer that we say in common together, it's please, God, bless, and then you fill in the blank. Bless my job, bless my family, bless my kids, bless my toe, bless my hand, bless my health, bless my back, bless my car, bless this police officer who pulled me over in my car. Is bless this and bless that. We all want the blessing of God. What is the blessing of God? It's the kind of thing that we don't necessarily know how to define it, but we certainly know when it's there and when it's not there, right? We know when our marriage is blessed. We know when our kids are blessed. We know when things are blessed at home, things are blessed at work. And our goal in this series is to try to figure out how to get more of that blessing, even if we can't necessarily define it in a a tangible kind of way. Key verse for us this series is going to be Acts chapter 20, verse 35. And you help me out here. Read this verse here with me and answer to me the question, how is it that we are going to be blessed? How are we going to be blessed, Jesus says, Acts 20, 35? It is more blessed to give than to receive. Say it like you mean it. It is See, what Jesus does in this verse, actually not just in this verse, this verse is is going along with the rest of Scripture. What Jesus does in this verse is he flips the tables. And I'm flipping the tables on you in this series as well. And I'm going to tell you that a life of blessing, okay, isn't to receive more. We usually think of blessing as getting more. And I want God to bless my life, which means I want him to give me more stuff. I want my work blessed means I want more money at work. I want my family blessed. I want more. I want more. I want more. Well, Jesus in this verse flipped it. And he said, blessing is not receiving more. Blessing is giving more. The world doesn't teach this. And unfortunately, not only the world, I want to say that a lot of people, Bible-believing Christians don't believe this. Bible-believing preachers And pastors don't believe this. And unfortunately, there is the opposite teaching out there in so many places. That if you do, and you want to be blessed, God will just give you and give you and give you and give you and give you, and that's what blessing is all about. But that's the opposite. That's not the message of the gospel. That's a made-up message. To show you that I'm not just saying that, okay, raise your hand if you follow me on Twitter. You know what I'm talking about right here. Have you had? No, I'm sorry. I didn't mean... You, if you've heard of a show called Pastors of L.A., y'all heard of the show, okay, I tweeted about it the other day, so it's a show that just came out, and I just heard about it the other day, and it's basically a show about pastors out in Los Angeles who think that the blessing of God, and teach the blessing of God, is in when they get more stuff, and these guys all dress like rap stars, all right, and they drive Ferraris, all right, and and their worship services are more like rap concerts, don't believe me? Watch this video clip, oh, put they yeah <laughs> My name is Bishop Ron Gibson. I'm Bishop Clarence E. McClendon. My name is Dietrich Hatton. I'm Wayne Chaney. My name is Jay Hazler. My name is Noel Jones. The Bible says that I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. I believe that. P. Diddy, Jay-Z, they're not the only ones who should be driving Ferraris and living in large houses. The Bible says that those who sow among us should reap from us, and that's implying that the preachers is to be taken care of. I like being successful. Security is a necessary part of what we do. All right, and it goes on and on. That's just a short little little clip. You can check out the Oxygen Network to find out when Pastors of L.A. is coming in your area. Is this the blessing that God is talking about? Like, is this what God is talking about? My favorite was, was, was the guy at the top there when he said, the Bible says that God will give you prosperity. I, I believe that. <laughs> sure you believe that because you're the one who's benefiting directly from it. Is this the blessing of God? Is this what it means to be a blessed life? Like, am I not a blessed as a, as a preacher, because I, I drive around in a Hyundai, okay? Does that mean I'm not blessed? When Jesus speaks about it, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And again, I don't want to say just that verse in Acts 20, okay? Because there's so many passages in Scripture that talk about blessing. And all of them have the same theme, that a life of blessing is not in receiving, and we want more blessing. It's not in that we get more, but it's in that we give more. Here's our key thought for this series that's going to guide us through the next four weeks. A life of blessing equals a life of giving. A life of blessing. Next time you pray, God bless my life, what you are saying is, God, give me opportunities to be more giving. Because the more I give, the more I'll be blessed. And the next time you say, I don't want to give, you are in essence saying, I don't want to be blessed. Because that's what the scripture says. Proverbs 11, 24, and 25. Tell me if this is truth or not true. This verse was written thousands of years ago, and it's absolutely positively true about life today, especially in the area that we live in. There's one who scatters, yet increases more. And there's one who withholds more than is right, right, but it leads to poverty. The generous soul will be made rich. He who waters will be also watered himself. What this verse is saying is this principle is that the one who is scattering, God shows him increase. And the one who withholds is the one who will always be in need and asking for more because they'll never find the true blessing of God. What I want us to do in this series is I want us to take this idea that a life of giving, a life of blessing equals life of giving. And I don't want to just say it because we can all say it. I want us to internalize and I want us to live it. And I want us to change our mindset on the way we look at how God will bless our life. If we believe these verses... That is more blessed to give than to receive. And we all agree, in theory, that we should be generous. All right? And we should be giving. And when I talk about giving, just, sorry, before I, before I go too far, I'm always talking about, it, it applies to everything. But the two main things that we talk about giving, the two most valuable things in this world, are two resources, which are money and time. So those are the two most valuable resources. So giving should be in everything. All right? But those are the two resources where it's hardest to give. We don't like to part with our money. And even more so, we don't like to part with our time. Because I can get more money, but I can't get more time. So these are the two areas we need to be generous with with, in terms of our giving. Why is it that we're not more generous if the Bible so clearly states that God blesses, the generous soul will be made rich. He waters will also be watered himself. Why is it that it's so clear, we all want to be rich, the Bible says the generous soul will be rich. Why is it that we're not more generous? Why? Let me tell you what the answer is not. The answer is not because we don't have enough. That's what we say it is. That's an excuse. We say, if I had more, I'd give more. If I had more free time, I'd I'd volunteer more. I'd help people out more. I don't have enough, so that's why I don't. If I had more money, I'd be happy to give more, but it's because I don't have enough resources. Well, did you know that studies say the exact opposite on both time and money? Money. Studies show that as your income increases, the percentage that you give decreases as your income increases the percentage that you give decreases some facts about the United States of America average income in this country of household is somewhere in the 40 or low 40s okay let's say $40,000 that's average income of average household income in this country average person making average income gives 3.1% to charity church not just church any kind of charitable organization to the home whatever okay average person average salary 3.1% way below the biblical standard of 10% but 3.1%, that's that's the standard. Did you know that as you go down the income chart, the percentage of giving goes up? The quantity may go down, but the percentage goes up. So people whose income is below $10,000 a year, $10,000 a year is way below the poverty line. Those people, their giving is 5.2%. And did you know as you go way up, people whose income is in the highest bracket, the $200,000 and above, how much do those people give percentage-wise? Less than 1%. 0.7%. 0.7%. So don't tell me that if I had more, I'd give more. Because studies say the opposite. Studies say that if you have more, you keep more. Same thing when it comes to time. I see this, I don't know studies on this, but I see this with my own two eyes. Is that when life, I got my job going, I got these relationships going on, all this kind of stuff, and I'm giving of my time, and I'm happy to help, and I'm serving. Something happens at work, I lose my job. I'm depressed so I stop serving. I stop caring about anybody else. And I say it's because, well, I always said if I had more time, well now I got plenty of free time and I do much less. The issue isn't money, the issue isn't resource, the issue isn't time, the issue is the mindset. And that's my goal to change in this series. My goal is not to get you to give more money, although no one would complain if you did. My goal is not to get you to, to give all your time, although no one would complain if you did. My goal is to get you to change the way you think. My goal is to get you to change the way you think about what it means to be blessed by God. Because we need this new mindset because we all want to be blessed. We're going to look at a story, which, a very famous story, which is the story of the five loaves and the two fish. When Jesus was up on a mountainside one day with his disciples and a group of people, about 5,000 men plus women and children, 15,000, 20,000 people gathered up on this mountain. You all know how the story goes. A little boy... They all found themselves hungry, and the little boy presented his lunchbox to Jesus. Five loaves and two fish. Jesus used that to feed all the multitudes. I want to look at this story, and I want you to see the mindset that the disciples had in the beginning, and then how Jesus changed their mindset into a new mindset. All right. And the two mindsets we're going to look at is he changed them from a bag mindset to a basket mindset. And I'll show you what that means in a little bit. Let's start the story in Mark chapter 6, verse 35. When the day was now far spent, his disciples came to him and said, This is a deserted place, and already the hour is late. Send them away, that they may go to the surrounding country and villages, and buy themselves bread, for they have nothing to eat. But he answered and said to them, You give them something to eat. Preaching all day. Preaching, 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 preaching. The disciples, out of their love for the people, their love for the people, They're saying, we care about the people, we love the people, enough preaching to the people, we love them, we care about them, we want to give them, we want to feed them, so therefore send them away. Logic. Send them away, because we love them. Jesus flipped it on them and said, you give them something to eat. They respond. And they said to him, shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give them something to eat? This verse reveals to us the first mindset. Okay, the bag mindset. The bag mindset says, I don't have enough. That's what the disciples said to Jesus. Jesus, we love them. We want to help them, but we don't have enough resources. And that's why their their response to him, shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give them something to eat? Their response was kind of half sarcastic. Like, 200 denarii is, like, is like, a, 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 like, more than a year's worth of salary. All right? So they're basically saying, okay, let's just pull together $50,000 and go out and buy them some sandwiches. That's basically. So I say, uh, go buy them something. You say, okay, I'll just pull a $50,000 bill out of my pocket and go buy food for everyone. That's basically what they're saying to him. Like, come on, Jesus. Like, clearly, we don't have enough in our pockets. We follow you. You're poor. We're your disciples. We are poorer than poor. We hope to one day be the poor master. We're poorer than poor. And you tell to us, give them something to eat. Their answer, we'd love to, but we don't have enough. Mindset. The bag mindset, Haggai verse one, chapter 1, verse 6. You have sown much and bring in little. Tell me if this is true about today or not. You have sown much and bring in little. You eat but do not have enough. You drink, but you are not filled with drink. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages, earns wages to put into a bag with holes. You know the bag mindset? You know what the bag mindset is? It's work, 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 and always try to gather more. And then at the end of the day, you look inside it, and you got a bag that has a hole in the bottom. Because no matter how much you work and you put in, the bag never has enough. And no matter how much you try to save up, and no matter how much you try to get everything in order, car's always broken at the wrong time kid always gets sick at the wrong time. Hole in the roof always at the wrong time. Or when it comes to your time, okay, and you're and you ready to, and you want to be generous with your time and you want to be helpful with your time, you never have enough time. It's always a busy season for you. It's always a busy season. There's always an excuse why now you can't help. There's always an excuse why now you can't get involved. There's always an excuse. It's a bag with holes. The more you focus on your bag, the less you're going to end up with in the bag. That's what this verse is saying. Who in the New Testament... Was big on the bag. Who was all about the bag? Who loved the bag? Judas. Judas was all about the bag. And Judas loved his bag. And that's why Judas, one time, a lady, a poor lady, came to Jesus. And she broke an alabaster flask. Very costly ointment. She poured it on Jesus' head. and Everyone around was touched couldn't believe this act of devotion and love. People, I'm sure people were crying. It was the most touching scene. What did Judas say? He said, you should have put that in the bag. He said, why do you do that, lady? What's wrong with you? Did you realize you are trying to fill the bag? The bag. Judas loved the bag so much that he eventually betrayed Christ. For what? A bag. A bag of silver. 30 pieces of silver in a bag. He loved the bag. It was all about the bag. The bag, the bag, the bag but that would never be us because we're good Christian people. We would never disobey God to fill our bag. We would never care more about the bag than we care about God. We'd never disobey the command, which is clear, which we know the commandment to tithe, and it's clear from the start to finish of the Bible. We'd never say, no, well, we can't do that now because it's Christmas season and there's Christmas expenses. We'd never do that. We'd never know that God wants us Knowing God wants us to be kind and helpful and people in need, and we never say, no, 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 I'm too busy for that now. Busy season of mine. We'd never do that. We would never neglect the command of God to fill our bags. The bag mindset only hurts yourself. When you have the bag mindset, you're only hurting one person, which is yourself. All you are doing is telling God to stop blessing you when you have the bag mindset. What Jesus did with the disciples, what we're going to do together in this series. We're going to change our bag mindset to a basket mindset. The basket mindset doesn't focus on what I have or rather what I lack. It focuses on God is more than enough. The basket mindset is not I have so little. The basket mindset is that no matter how little I have, if I put it into some big hands the hands of a big God, then it becomes big. And it becomes more than big enough. Let's go back to our story. Pick up the story in verse 38. After Jesus told them, you give them something to eat. And then they said, we don't have enough money. And Jesus said, how many loaves do you have? Go and see." He says, how many loaves do you have? I know you don't have 200 denarii worth of food, but tell me what is it you got in your, in your resources? And when they found out, they said, five and two fish, meaning five loaves and two fish. And when he had taken the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven, and he He looked up to heaven. He took the five and the two, and he did what? He blessed. And he broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples, set before them. And they took up twelve baskets full of fragments and of the fish. Give them something to eat. We don't have enough. Jesus said, Forget the bag mentality. Let's go basket mentality. Okay, what's basket mentality, Jesus? It's tell me what's in your pocket. Tell me what you got. Okay, what you got? Give it to me and put it into my hands. And then get your basket ready. Your basket is empty. But when you put what little resources you have into the hands of a big God, get your basket ready. Because that's what I'm going to fill up. And that's what I'm going to pour my blessing into. You know, think about this day. says there was 5,000 men and women and children were there. And this one kid, the disciples went throughout all the crowd. Jesus said, find out how much food is there. And they came back, five loaves and two fish. You think that's true or not true? You think there was only five loaves of bread and two fish in the crowd this day? Talking about 5,000 Middle Easterners out all day on the... Like, my mom wouldn't let me go to the neighbor's house without having a couple sandwiches in my pocket. You're talking about these people were sent out all day? There's only one kid who's got a lunchbox? Why only one kid offered his lunch? You know what the rest of the other kids had? Bag mentality. Hey, anybody got food here? No, no, no food here. No, 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 no. I ain't got no food here. Go ask him. Hey, aren't you sure? Don't you have something? No, 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 no. I don't have enough to feed the people. This is, just is Stay away. Get your own Happy Meal. Every one of the rest of them, don't think that there was no one else who had food. Problem wasn't the, that's what I'm saying. The problem isn't the resources. The problem is that no one had resources. So the problem. Is that no one had the right mentality. They all had the wrong mindset. And their mindset was a bag mindset, not a basket mindset. Bag mindset, what do I have? Basket mindset, how big are his hands? And if I put what little I have into the big hands of God, abundance is sure to follow. Jesus said it this way in another passage in Scripture in Luke chapter 6, verse 38. Maybe a verse that you've read before but never understood. Jesus said, give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over will be put into your bosom. With the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Y'all know what this verse means? The key is the first phrase, give and it will be given to you. And then he says, good measure, pressed down, shaken together. What he's alluding to right here is an image that everyone at the time would have understood. When people would collect, like if there was like a, a, a farm or a, yeah, farm. Right, and then it would be time for harvest. You would take a basket, and you would go collect the harvest, and you'd put it in a basket. But there was two ways of collecting the harvest in the basket. Two groups of people would be out there collecting. First group of people were day laborers, right, people who were hired to do a job. So they would be paid, go work for three hours, collect as much as you can, bring it back to the house, and then I pay you this amount. They had a certain mentality in the way they filled up the basket. How would you fill the basket if you knew there was endless amounts of harvest, all right, and your job was to keep filling the basket and lugging it all the way back to the house, all right? and just leaving it there, emptying it, and doing it all over again? How would you fill that basket? You'd fill it, but in the end, if it wasn't full, you wouldn't care, because the, the more full, the more heavy. So they usually filled it up like three-quarters of the way. The second group of people who would do the harvest is, is every now and then the master at the end of the day, out of the goodness of his heart, would go to the poor and say, okay, poor man, here's a basket. Go collect whatever you want. You can fill your basket, but you just fill it one time. How would that poor man fill the basket? He would press it down, shake it together, make sure that he stuffs as much as he can, and it would be stuff hanging over the edge, but as long as it's touching one piece of the basket, he would get as much harvest in that basket as he can. Agree? That's how Jesus says he's going to bless us when we give. Not like the day labor. Not being cheap. Well, actually what he says is, in the verse at the end, if you're cheap, I'm cheap. With the same measure that you use, we measure it back to you. You go out and say, what's the bare minimum I can do here? And Jesus comes out to reward, and he says, what's the bare minimum I can do right here? That's why sometime, one time someone asked me something. I said something funny. I didn't mean to say it funny. Someone asked me. The person was asking, like, how much should I give of my paycheck? And I was saying 10%. And this this person wasn't at, like they were like trying to like like count by penny. I don't like to count by penny. Like I don't like to do it that way. Like between you and God. Like don't I don't care about the amount. I care about the principle. And don't be cheap with God. So the person asked me, is it before tax or after tax? <laughs> so I said, Do you want God to bless you before tax or after tax? And <laughs> it matters what kind of blessing you want. If you want a before tax blessing, give it before tax giving. If you want an after tax blessing, give it an after tax blessing. Like, well, I don't care. It's not about the money. It's about the mindset. It's never about the money. It's never about the time. Whatever time you offer, serving, volunteering, giving, helping, it's never about the time. It's about the mindset. And the mindset that says no matter what little I have, if I put it in the hands of a big God, it will come back to bless me. And I'll never, God will never be in debt to anybody. I believe that with all my heart. God will never be in debt to anybody. No one will come and say, God, I gave you more than you gave me. Never. Jesus said it this way. I'm sorry, St. Paul said it this way. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. He an analogy that we all understand, especially if you have a green thumb or an agriculture kind of background. You understand this. makes sense. He who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Common sense. The one who goes out to the field, and he's got four seeds, and he puts one here, one there, and one there, and he's very cheap with his seeds. That's probably not the guy who's going to have the biggest harvest one who's going to have the harvest is to be one who throws seeds. Throws it. Just throws it. Throws, 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 throws seeds. That person's going to come back and expect a lot more harvest. Which one of you when it comes to God? Which one of you comes to giving God? You calculate it and say, okay, God here. Okay, God here. Are you coming? Just throw it at God. So let each one give as he proposes in his heart. Not grudgingly or of necessity for God loves a cheerful giver. And Watch this verse. That's the giving and now the fruit. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you. That you always, having all sufficiency and all things, may have an abundance for every good work. That you, I'm sorry, say it again. That you have make all grace, always having, all sufficiency, all things, abundance for every good work. Our God is not a cheap God. Our God, when you give generous, our God is more than generous with you, with us. And just so I'm clear, just so that I don't go and and follow a suit of the preachers of Los Angeles. When I talk about the blessing of God, am I talking about money? The blessing of God. Does God bless us with money? Absolutely, he does sometimes. But that is the cheapest and, and worst of all of God's blessings. And sometimes he does. But believe me, if that's all you want in life, you are aiming very low. Man, who cares about the money? The blessing of God. Okay, you can have money. Or you can have peace, peace in your home, peace in your marriage. You can have joy, which no one can steal away from you. You give money, he gives joy. Who won? You give money, he gives peace. You give time, he gives grace. Like, don't limit God's blessings Just to money. If I give and give and give, and God never gives me financially, but he gives me peace in my marriage, he gives me kids that listen to me, and he gives me the ability to know him deeply and intimately, and he gives me the ability to have joy no matter what the circumstances of life, man, take the money. You want my time? Take my time. Give me that. Don't limit the fruit of God. Don't limit the blessing of God to just financial. If you do so, you are missing out. So the bottom line is we give and he gives back. And you will never outgive God. This isn't about money. This isn't about time. This is about being God-like. And did you know that the number one characteristic of our God is he is generous. He is gracious. He is a giving God. What's the most famous verse in the Bible? John 3.16 says what? For God to love the world that he gave. He gave. God loved you so much that he didn't tell. He didn't shout. He gave. What we say, Jesus, uh, in in Mark chapter 10, verse 45. The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom to many. He came to give. And Jesus lived his whole life. That's why I'm saying. Giving and generosity is not about what you give. It's about becoming like our master. He was the most giving and most generous person to ever walk the face of this earth and he was one of the poorest people jesus was poor make no mistake about it he was a peasant he was low class and back then your social class made a big difference people didn't know that jesus was poor because he was always giving anything he had he gave he gave his life he gave any any resource that he could give and people didn't know that the that the guy didn't even have a place to lay his head didn't have a pillow he used to put his head down there he didn't have a home he had nothing but you couldn't tell because he was giving 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 and if we're his disciples if we're disciples of the Master, if the Master's giving, 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 all of a sudden, be cheap. Can't be that way. That's why. Here's my prayer for this series, and right, I know I'm aiming high, but I'm, I'm this is what I'm praying for. My prayer is that we, all of us together, would stop asking God to give us blessing, but we'd stop it. And we would start seeking opportunities to be a blessing. Knowing that when I am a blessing, that I will always be blessed more. That we stop seeking opportunities for God. I'm sorry, that we stop seeking God to give me, give me, give me. And we start seeing asking for opportunities. God, give me a chance where I can give. Give me a chance where I can help someone. Give me a chance where I can be generous. Give me an opportunity that I can be like you on this earth. Somebody in need of somebody just who needs a break, and I can give them that break. When we do that, we hold back nothing from God. We hold back nothing from God. We're we'll gonna be like that little boy. We we'll be like that little boy that says, "Not, hmm." We we'll like the little boy that says, "Here, you need this, take it." And that little boy after this day, I'm sure he went around to all the other little kids, say, "Let me take that," so I'm gonna give that to Jesus too. You got the, uh, like anything I can find to give to him. We're going to be cool stuff. Trust me. And he went around the rest of his life. And he told everybody, whatever you got, give it to him. Because you're going to never be blessed more than when you give into his hands. Question to you. What do you want God to bless? What do you want God to bless? Whatever it is you want God to bless, put it in his hands. Today, a little boy put his lunchbox in Jesus' hand. Jesus blessed it. Another little boy kept his lunchbox in his pocket. Jesus didn't bless it. You choose. You want God to bless your family? Put your family in his hands. Say, God, my family, it's in your hands. You direct it as you want. You want me to do this? You want me to, like, you direct You want your job to be blessed? Put your job in God's hands. And do it in a way that's pleasing to God. And let God direct your path. You want your finances to be blessed? You want your portfolio to be blessed? Put it in God's hands. Whatever it is you want to be blessed, put it in his hands. If you don't want God to bless it, keep it in your own. But you cannot keep it in your own and ask him to bless it. Doesn't work that way. Jesus says, whatever's in my hands, I bless. I close my eyes. Whatever you put in my hands, I will bless. And you decide what goes in there. Now, just for the sake of argument, why does it have to be this way? Like, why does it have to be that Jesus blesses what you put in his hands? Why can't he bless what's in my pocket? Like, wouldn't that be a nice way? Like, Jesus bless everything in my pocket. Jesus Okay, back to the boy with the five loaves and two fish. Couldn't Jesus have blessed it without the boy giving it to him? Like, come on, you're Jesus. Just make the sandwiches rain down from heaven like the manna from the sky. Like, why do you have to wait for this boy? Why make us all hungry? Like, why not just boop? Like, why not just, why why do it that way? Jesus has to do it this way. Why? I believe, and I've said this before, there's three ways to do mathematics when it comes to our, our giving and our relationship with God. The first way that we do math, this is the bag mentality, which is 1 plus 1 is 2. And this mindset is the, well, okay, I want to feed 5,000, but I only got a couple things. Can a couple things feed 5,000? No. 1 plus 1 is 2, and 2 is inadequate to solve this problem. So therefore, what's the point of giving? And that's totally logical. Like, if, 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 if here we are, like I... I wreck my car today, all right? And I say, oh, man, it's going to cost me $5,000 to fix my car. And some boy comes to the back and says, here's five nickels and two quarters. Okay, what's your benefit? What am I going to do with five nickels and two quarters when I owe $5,000? It doesn't make any sense. Keep the five nickels and two quarters in your pocket. That's mentality number one. Mentality number two is the one that I was just alluding to, which is the zero plus infinity equals infinity. If God wants to feed all them, it doesn't matter what I do. Let God feed them. Let God's infinity. So no matter what I give to God, well, I feed them. So God, please, God, feed them. And then I eat my sandwich. Because I can't feed them because I'm just zero, but God can. So go ahead, God, and we pray and we go to church and we do all the right stuff and we want that. God doesn't believe in one plus one is two. God doesn't believe in zero plus infinity equals infinity. You know what God believes in? God's math is a little bit off. You have to forgive God. Okay, for you teach each other. His math is off. His math is five plus two equals 5,000. That's his math. Five plus two equals 5,000. You're not going to solve all the problems in the world. But you can solve some of the problems in the world. You may not have enough to even solve the smallest thing. But if you put those little bit in God's hands, he can do miraculous. Just uh, a couple days ago, Friday, Friday, Friday. Me and my wife watched this movie called *The Blind Side*. All right, great movie. And I know I'm probably the last person in America to have seen it because I told everyone it's a great movie, and they were like, "Yeah, they came out like 10 years ago." So we're a little behind, okay? We're we're a little bit behind, okay? So I saw this movie for the first time. I love this movie, all right. And I I love this movie. This is basically a movie about a lady, okay, a rich couple, okay. Sandra Bullock is the lady, the rich lady, okay. And then they found this homeless kid. Okay, and they adopted him, and they brought him in. He was like a homeless kid who ended up being a professional football player for the Bo- Super Bowl champion, Baltimore Ravens. All right, So they took him in, and they changed his whole life. His whole life changed. All right? He wasn't going to make it anywhere, and they took him in. They took care of him, and they got him on his feet, sent him off to college, made it to the NFL, Super Bowl champ. All right, and This is one part of the movie that touched me very much where the the Sandra Bullock lady, the lady... Okay, they were, she was talking with, like, her rich friends, and she said something like, like, her friend said something to her, like, you know, you're really changing his life. And she says, no. You know what she said? She says, he's changing mine. That touched me so much. That's the 5 plus 2 is 5,000. That Sandra Bullock lady, okay, it's a real story, too, okay, but I don't know her real name. But the, the lady, okay, did she solve homelessness, homeless problem in the world? Did she solve the homeless problem? Even her state, even her city. Did she solve the homeless problem? No, she didn't. But she solved it for one person. And she took her limited resources, she put it in the hands of God, and that one person's world was changed forever. The first mentality is well, what can I do with all the homeless people? I can't feed them all. But that does not mean you can't feed one. That mean you can't feed two. Yeah, you know what? I can't evangelize the whole wide world. Well, that doesn't mean you can't speak to the guy right next to you. Well, I don't know how to answer all his questions. Yeah, but there's some that you do not answer. You know how I'm living this myself? Again, okay, I'm not saying about myself. Y'all know that I, I, I sent out an email. Like I'm, God put this on my heart that He wants me to write a book. Okay, so I'm, I'm writing a book these days. I don't have any idea how to write a book. Okay, barely know how to read them. I'm writing a book. It's absolutely crazy to so think. What in the world am I doing? Why God you want me to do this? I don't know how to write a book. You know what He says? Yeah, but you can put a piece of pen on, on pen on paper and write down what I told you yesterday, right? Yeah, you can write down what that experience that you had back then, right? Don't write a whole book. Just sit down and write what I told you to write. And the next day I write, the next day I told you to write. That's it. It's five plus two is 5,000. Stop waiting for all the resources. Stop waiting for God to, uh, for me, for God to say, okay, here is the entire book. Go ahead and write it. That ain't gonna happen. What God is gonna say is, I give you this, be faithful with this, I give you more of this. He's faithful in what is least, ruler over much. Sometimes, What you give isn't as important as what you don't give in determining the blessing of God in your life. Think about this boy with the five loaves and two fish. Would the story have been the same if the boy, let's say the boy didn't have five loaves and two fish. Let's say he had six loaves and three fish and he gave five and two. Would the story be the same? Would the story be the same? Could Jesus, okay, let's say he had five and two and he gave two and one. Could Jesus have fed 5,000 with the two and the one? Could he? Would he? Never. Could he? Would he? Never. Could he? Yes. Would he? Never. Never. Because it's not about what you give. It's about what you hold back. It's a famous story, a very sad story, a very scary story. In the book of Acts, chapter 5, two guys named Ananias and Sapphira, one guy and one girl, married couple. The Bible says this. But a certain man named Ananias and Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession, and he kept back part of the proceeds, his wife also being aware of it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back part of the price of the land for yourself? You have not lied to men, but to God. Then Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and breathed his last. That's some serious stuff. This man, Ananias was trying to give. And he was doing a good job. He was giving. He gave a lot. Let's say he gave, he sold his house, made $100,000. He came and said, here's $50,000. That's more than me and you do. He struck down dead. Why? Because it wasn't about what he gave. It was about what he held back. He said to God, God, this is all I have. This is all I can give. And he held back from God. Sometimes it's not about what you give but rather about what you keep back. That's the mindset that will be blessed. That's the mindset we need to have. I don't care what you give. If anyone listens to this and says, Father well, Anthony is telling us to give money. if Honestly, in front of God, if that's what you heard, I do not want you to give money. And if you put money in, come to me, I'll find you your check and I'll give it back to you. We don't want your money. I don't want anyone's money. This isn't about money. This is about mindsets. What we're trying to do here is change your mindset and a mindset that says, doesn't matter what I give, it only matters what I hold back. Am I saying that we need to give all our money to the church? No. Am I saying we need to give all our money every time we see a homeless person give money? No. Am I saying that we should be serving in the church and helping people 24 hours a day, seven days a week? No, that's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is all my time, all my money, all my everything needs to go into the hands of God and let God direct it. And if God says you give 10% in the box at church, then you give 10% no discussion. He orders it, not me. And then if God, which he always does, he never stops just saying give 10%. What he always says is be generous. You give your tie to the church and you go outside and you see somebody in need and you help that person in need. And when I put someone in front of you that's coming to you in need, you be generous with them as I was generous with you. And you give, and it will be given back to you. And the way that I will give back to you is good measure, pressed down, shaken, running over. We poured into your basket. Is God saying that we should at all times say yes to every single person who asks us to help them in any way? No. But what he's saying is my time is not mine. It's his. I will not hold it back from you, God. I will let you direct it. Because I want you to bless my time, I put it in your hands. I want you to bless my money, I put it in your hands. I want you to bless my family, I put it in your hands. Anything in your hands is blessed. Anything in my pocket will never be blessed. Ever, ever, ever. Because it's not about what you give, it's about what you hold back. Question for you I asked you in the beginning who wants to be blessed? And I guess after speaking this whole time, I bet you maybe a few hands might not jump up anymore. Because <laughs> now that you've found out that blessed isn't in what you receive, it's in what you give. But I hope no hands would go down. And I hope that you would say, yes, Lord, I want to be blessed. And if that's what you're saying, I'm telling you, the heart, the life that's blessed is the life that gives. The heart that's blessed is the heart that gives, the heart of generosity. Last verse. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9. Honor the Lord with your wealth. And wealth, not just talking about money, everything that you have. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops, and your barns will be filled to overflowing. You know why I like this verse? I started off talking about the bag, then the basket. Got up the ante. Now what's he talking about? Barns. I said, I'm going to let go of my bag. You said, "Okay, here's a basket," but actually, you know what? Basket's just temporary. Come here, let me show you something. You know what I got for you? I got a barn—not a barn, but multiple barns, plural—a barn of blessing, a barn of good stuff, and multiple of them. No one outgives God. You cannot outgive God. You can try, but you can't. Ask yourself. Is your life all about giving or life all about receiving? What is it that God is putting on your heart? I told you that lady from the blind side. God put in front of her this poor homeless boy, and she responded to God. She put it in God's hands, and God blessed her life. And I think that she's gone on to do like, like do something like help all the homeless people. Like she's gone on to start some kind of ministry for adopting and foster cares, whatever, whatever. What is it that God is putting on your heart and asking you to do, but you are holding back? Maybe some people here will adopt. Maybe some people who will become foster families. Maybe some people here will start orphanage, or at least serve in orphanages. Maybe some people here will stop keeping all their resources for themselves, and say, "You know what? I can't do mission overseas, but I sure as heck, I sure as heck, heck, I sure as heck can sponsor a missionary to go overseas, and I can support them while they're over there. I may not be able to do, but I certainly can give." Those are the souls. That are going to find the blessing of God in their lives. That's my prayer for you and prayer for me. Not the bag, not the basket, man. I want the barn. And I want you to have a barn in your life too. Let's stand up and say a prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, when God amen. We thank you, Lord, for your word and your promise. We know Lord that your word always comes true. And you promised us today Lord that you will give to the same measure that we give to you. So I pray Lord that you would increase our faith, you change our mindset, you help us not to be polluted by the world mindset that thinks that your blessing is just about receiving. Give us to be like you Lord, generous people, givers that we walk out these doors and we're not seeking what we can take, but what we can give. And we know, Lord, that when we do that, that your word will always come true. And you will be more than generous with us. Because you promised it. We know that you never let your promise fall to the ground. Heaven and earth will fall away, Lord, but not one jot or one tittle of your word will ever fall away. Give us, Lord, during this time to really have that new mindset and something that's really ingrained inside all of us. We ask this in the name of your only begotten Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, with the intercessions and prayers of all your saints, Hear us as we pray thankfully. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Through Christ Jesus our Lord, thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Thank you all very much. Have a great week.